Alexa, let me hear some virgins. Here is Spotify. Doug, it's, uh, it's, it's episode five time. I can't believe we've got this far and uh, we've actually managed to find enough things to talk about. But the, the bracket challenge is helping. How's your week been? Oh, wow. What an intro. Um, so, uh, no, it's been, it's been a good week. Uh, it's, yeah, it's good to get to episode five. I think by, we thought by now we may have sacked it off. I don't think either of us have much great like staying power um, <laughs> with, with hobbies and tasks throughout our lives. So, um, no, happy to get this far. And uh, yeah, all going very well. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Yeah, I think, as you said, our, our staying power is sometimes difficult, but, you know, mum and dad seem to be enjoying the podcast so much that we've, we've got to keep doing it, really. So, so we do it for our mum and dad. <laughs> yeah, we, we owe it to them, yeah. <laughs> so they're telling us we're doing a good little job. Um, oh, bless them. So we might as well continue. So, uh, yeah, last week we went over tennis and uh, Federer... <laughs> Obviously, uh, ended up, one, yeah. yeah, ended up winning that, and uh, Serena getting through as well. So, so they'll be appearing in our in our domination bracket once we get everything all decided to to get to that point. And uh, with that in mind, Doug, we're moving back to football this week, aren't we? Thank God. Thank God. Yeah, I know a bit about tennis, but. I had to do a lot more work for that to appear informed, and I suspect you did too. Whereas I think football was a bit more natural, so I'm, I'm looking forward to this because, um, well, I'll let you explain what we're doing this week. But this, I have a bit more resonance with every kind of entity in this one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I had a nosebleed for about three days after the pressure of trying to make it seem like I knew more about tennis than <laughs> than I really did. But you know, I, I, I I've heard of all of those players and I, I had an understanding of their records and everything. But uh, yeah, mm. it, it was not quite as uh, free-moving as football's going to be. So without further ado, this week we're moving on to international football teams. So we've, yes. we've done the, the European club teams from our lifetime again. This is from our lifetime. It will be from our lifetime every time. But just again, this is from our lifetime. As usual, <laughs> as usual. When's it from? It's from our lifetime, Doug. So from, okay, from right, yeah, okay. so it, we go as far as 1990 because that was the year of your birth uh, to the present day. So that's our lifetime. Um, that is our lifetime. <laughs> well, your lifetime. Um, <laughs> so, so, what a load of tosh. So yeah, we've already done the European club teams um, and, and this time we're moving on to the international. You know, as usual, we've put these teams into a, a random bracket generator seeded a couple to make sure that we don't have any dodgy matchups but the, the rest of it is, is random so let's let's get on with the first matchup so we've got mm. Spain's team of 2010-2012 against Germany's team of 2002-2006 so yeah the, the Germany team which is going to lose this spoiler alert was obviously a really good team um, so Balak at the start it had Oliver Kahn at the end of Jens Lehmann uh, Miroslav Klose getting, getting into the sides and a young Sebastian Schweinsteiger kind of coming through. And obviously a really good team. And like we were talking about whether we could justify getting England's, quote, golden generation into this on the back of what, three successive quarterfinals in major tournaments. Mm. Um, and I, here I am going, this Germany side is just going to get washed, having made a World Cup final admittedly not do well at Euro 2004 and then a World Cup semi-final uh, and we're saying it's not really up to scratch and it's not up to scratch because in the red corner is the Spain team of 2010-2012 you said 10-12 didn't you you didn't say yeah the other yeah. Thank, <laughs> yeah. thank god um, so Spain 2010-2012 which is, is easily going to win this because it's one of the few teams that's got uh, a, a world title and then a continental title back-to-back. Mm. -back. Um, yeah. I think it demonstrates just how hard that is to do. Uh, but this team, 
the Spain team won three major tournaments uh, mm-hmm. in a row and with the likes of Xavi, Iniesta, Busquets in midfield, Villa up front and then Poyol and PK at the back. It never really had a settled number nine, so mm-hmm. to speak, because Fernando Torres kind of fell off a cliff, but this, this Spain team, absolutely brilliant. Uh, and for me, kind of waltzes through into the next rounds. Yeah, was this was it the Spain team of ten twelve or kind of six oh eight where they were still desperately toying with the idea of um, Ramos at right back? I think that was more oh six. Okay. Um, I think I think you can't say that one caused the other, but you could argue that Spain going to another level probably went with. Ramos and PK becoming an established centre-back pairing. Having said that, they obviously had PK and Poyol prior to this, so it, yeah. it's not it's not like they were losing too much. But this ten to twelve side is going to beat this Germany side. Yeah. So yeah, Spain going through. Next, we've got Brazil ninety-eight ninety-nine against Argentina fourteen seventeen. So just to give you some some insight in that one, so that Brazil team had Cafu, Dunga the real Ronaldo as many people like to call him mm. and you know <laughs> what a team and uh, along mm. with some others as well like Rivaldo uh, just 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 Rivaldo no big just deal right. yeah so and very very <laughs> good team. Ronaldo. yeah and that that Argentina team um it had Messi had Aguero Di Maria probably some others that you know very good <laughs> Mascherano probably still kicking about at that time and you know they they got to the World Cup final they won um, no sorry they got to the final of Copa America yeah unfortunately Messi's never won that so um, Copa mm. America of 15-16 so a very good Argentina team and I'm gonna I'm gonna let you kick off with, with where you think this one should go Doug this is this is another pretty easy one I think what we've done here is I think you'll our avid listeners will, will realise that I think we've got eight European teams and eight South American teams. I think we've got a nice mix. I personally think it might be nine seven, but I personally think the um, the weaker, so to speak, European teams are better than the weaker Argentina teams. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Argentina weaker South American teams. And I think the reason why this Argentina team, spoiler alert, isn't going to win this matchup is because the players you've listed: Aguero, Messi, etc all attacking players the, the team itself was not stellar you got yeah. uh, Sergio Romero it's the goalkeeper <laughs> um, Marcos Rojo um, played in a World Cup final like you, they, they had to hide a few players mm. in Argentina whereas Brazil that team 98-99 much stronger all round the pitch yeah. um, Dunga, Dunga in defensive midfield Carlos and Cafu as fullbacks it, yeah. it had fewer weaknesses so World Cup final Copa America winners 99 this is uh, Brazil going through Brazil, Argentina, though. Yeah, I think it's, you know we're, we're going to get onto that France team that, that ultimately won the '98 World Cup final. But you know, Ronaldo got this weird injury, or mm. illness, or something like that, just before the final. So you know, a little bit questionable. But um, mm. you know, they arguably might well have won that World Cup as well. But yeah, so for that reasoning, just how good that Brazil team was. Yeah, that Argentina team, you know, making it to to three finals is is very good, but it doesn't. It's not quite enough, really. Doesn't cut the mustard, that. does it? Yeah, to get past that. Do you specific. cut mustard? It's weird. Uh, Sorry. If you freeze it, can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> such a weird thing. Anyway, it doesn't yeah. spread the mustard. Yeah, and um, speaking of mustard, so next we've got Germany. Um, I don't, <laughs> don't know what that has to do with mustard, but let's just move on. Uh, I Germany, say France. <laughs> no, we've got Germany fourteen sixteen against Netherlands ninety eight two thousand. Speaking of mustard, <laughs> we've got Algeria. So. Germany 46, uh, Netherlands 98, 2000. Mm-hmm. So I think from previous podcasts, they all know that I've got a bit of a, um, I have a bit of a nerdgasm over 
Dutch mid to late 90s sides. But I don't... Oh, God, maybe not. I, I don't know how it's going to compare against this Germany side. And uh, I think, obviously, in the last round with Brazil, Argentina, I've got Germany, Netherlands. We've got big rivalries. <laughs> so Germany, 14... 16 World Cup winners and Euros semi-finalists versus Netherlands World Cup semi-finalists and Euros semi-finalists and the Netherlands team had Van der Sar, um, Cliver, Overmars, the De Boers, Davids, obviously really, really good team but this Germany team, World Cup winning side, won it having beaten Brazil 7-1 in the World Cup semi-final mm. as well. So I, I think this Germany side is going to go through. But, yeah. I think yeah. you know, as we've as we've said all the way through, and we love this word, or at least I do specifically. You know, domination. I think if you've got the World Cup winners <laughs> against non World Cup winners, you kind of have to are on them on that side of things. And obviously, they got to the the semis of the of Euro sixteen. And I think you said that that Netherlands team, Doug, they got to the Euro semis themselves in two thousand. So you know, if if you're putting kind of uh, comparing as much as you can apples to apples, you've got a Euro semi against a Euro semi, but you've got a World Cup winner yeah. <laughs> against yeah. the World Cup semi finalist. So you, you you kind of fairly quickly have to realise that it's it's Germany fourteen sixteen at least in my opinion. Yeah, and it's it's, it's kind of interesting because this kind of echoes what happens a lot of times in World Cups and in big tournaments where the more kind of popular team, I, I feel like this Netherlands team is probably a bit more popular because of the players involved, but ultimately mm. it's the, I hate to use the German stereotype, <laughs> the more efficient team mm-hmm. usually wins. Um, I think of the, the 74 World Cup where Johan Cruyff's team, and p- p- people of an older generation love that Cruyff team, 74, but they got beaten by Germany, who is not a very kind of popular team. And it's the same here where the German team ultimately wins, even if it's not as many kind of popular players in it mm-hmm. does that make sense i think it makes, yeah. it makes sense it made sense in my head i don't know if it made sense oh, well you've, you've done your best to yeah i mean you know if, just to just to list some of those netherlands players you've got van der Sar, stam davids kleiber burkamp, burkamp amazing, yeah <laughs> amazing players that will go down in history as, as legends essentially so very very popular players but just it's it is amazing to me that you list all these amazing um dutch players throughout history and they've never won a world cup and it's just never won it yeah it's baffling you know the ajax and everything and, and total football and everything you know they changed football to an extent and yet they haven't won it and it's almost like you know england kind of inventing football almost and, and pretty much yeah. and you know they've only won one <laughs> so yeah it doesn't always correlate unfortunately but uh, yeah that germany team with the players that you've mentioned you know the likes of hummel schweinsteiger Kroos, ozil neuer amazing players themselves yeah that's, but, that's good enough <laughs> yeah and i think once nostalgia kicks in we'll, we'll start to look back at those players in the same way that we do with mm-hmm. davids and bergkamp and things so yeah germany going through uh, next up we've got brazil 94-97 against the Chile team of 15-16. Now, you know, as, as you said, we, we tried to keep this as fair, fair as we could. And at the end of the day, they've won the, they won the Copa America in 15 and 16, which is the equivalent of winning the Euros. And we have mm-hmm. talked about winning the Euros and everything. So that is an amazing feat. But it's almost confusing that that team managed to get past Messi's Argentina team. Because on that mm. Chile team, you had... Sanchez and Vidal and some other you know notable players and some very good players but the likes of them were able to to get past and beat Messi, Aguero, Di Maria even Rojo mm-hmm. you know not bad <laughs> uh, compared to Chile's centre-backs or, or would he probably get into that Chile team 
probably. Yeah. So on paper, yeah. Yeah, on paper. So it's just, but you know, you've got to mention them because they did win two major tournaments back to back, which is amazing. And we, we always talk about that Spain team winning the Euros back to back. So you've mm-hmm. got to look at it in the same vein. And but you know, as you said, uh, I think we've spoken about this before, Doug. That um, there's only been one South American World Cup finalist since 2002. Only one finalist since 02. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, South America's going through a bit of a dip at least. So, you know, with that being the South American trophy, you've got to kind of take it with a pinch of salt. And, Good point. you know, that, that Brazil team of 94-97, they, they won the World Cup. <laughs> they mm-hmm. had the likes of the players that we mentioned previously, uh, just without Rivaldo, but still Ronaldo, Roberto Carlos, Dunga, Cafu, Dida in goal at that point as well. Um, Would have made more likely have been Tafarel. Um, okay. But they still had some unbelievable yeah. world star players. Yeah. So and and yeah, Copper America finalists in '95, Copper America winners in '97. Uh, I'm glad we were able to mention that Chile team because what they achieved was amazing, given the likes of the Argentina team they were able to beat in two finals. But uh, they can't really get much further for me. Yeah. Now, if they were playing Argentina in this bracket, um, <laughs> <laughs> they may have got through. Yeah, but, it's a bit uh, like no, Barcelona it's, it's, against United. Yeah, it's just bad matchup. Yeah. Bad matchup. Uh, Brazil, Brazil goes through. Yeah. So on to the next one. So we've got <laughs> another Brazil team. Surprise, mm. surprise. Uh, and this is probably one of their better ones. So we've got Brazil 2002-2004 against Portugal 2004-2006. And I think <laughs> this is a bit of a, a hipster addition for this Portugal team. Uh, I think... It's another, similar to that England team where you've got amazing players like Deco, Carvalho, obviously Cristiano Ronaldo, or the fake Ronaldo, as some people would say. Um, mm. they, they made the Euro 2004 final in Portugal, but they lost to Greece, which was <laughs> baffling. And then they followed that up with a World Cup semi in 2006, which again is amazing for, for a country of the size of, of Portugal. But again, I don't think this can really go on too long because you've got Brazil, Copa America winners in 2004, Oh, and not to mention World Cup winners in 2002 with yeah. the additions of Ronaldinho along with the players that we've previously mentioned from that Brazil side. So do you, do you want to add something else, Doug, just to kind of allow Cristiano Ronaldo a bit of bit more of his day in the sun? Uh, I think he's had enough of those, quite frankly. <laughs> um, but yeah, Portugal team's really good. But yeah, I think, I think the Brazil team must be one of the more recent might be the most recent uh, World Cup winning team to win every game in the tournament. So that shows how good that team was. Usually you get a draw or even mm-hmm. a loss in the group stages. But that team won every single game. And yeah, Ronaldinho, Rivaldo, Ronaldo. Yeah. Arguably one of the best front threes in international football history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's sailing through here. Yeah, uh, you know, I've, I've, I could wax a little goal about this uh, Brazil team. It's just amazing. But, you know, I, I think I'll leave it there. So next up, we've got Germany, 94-98 against France, 14-18. Germany made the quarterfinals in the 94 World Cup. They won the Euros in 96 and they made the quarterfinals in 98 against France's team um, of 14-18, which made the quarterfinals in 2014 at the World Cup. They won, uh, sorry, they made the final of Euro 16 and then they won uh, the World Cup in 2018. My inkling on this one, Doug, is probably recency bias. Is I, I'm going to go for the France team. On paper, I just mm-hmm. the, the players, they, they are really, really good. Um, but I think we kind of tie them into the, the previous France teams that we've seen and 
it's I don't know if maybe it's nostalgia and we'll end up looking back on these players but you know you've got Griezmann Pogba Varane Lloris Mbappe in, in the World Cup in 2008 amazing players and but at the same time you've got Klinsman and, and um, Lothar Mateus and everything so what, what do you yeah. think am I being a bit too biased no I'm glad you said that. I mean, you're right. Nostalgia might kick in, but actually, if you look at the France team that won the World Cup and even the Euro team before that, which mm. which didn't have uh, Mbappe, you do look at that team, and there aren't there aren't that many kind of top class or even like legendary players. Kanté mm. um, probably world lead at the time, maybe world leading his position. Pogba with France, a different proposition to mm-hmm. <laughs> unfortunately Pogba with United. <laughs> but Griezmann, yeah. Yeah. Varane, obviously very good, but Loris, meh. Kind of going into the tournament, two relative unknowns, Pavard and Hernandez at fullbacks. It's not an inspiring team. It's, mm. I mean, they towards the end of that tournament um, in 18, well, in part, they had Giroud as their kind of their either first or backup striker. Now, I love Giroud as much as the next man. He's one of the handsomest man, men I've ever seen. <laughs> but that doesn't strike me as evidence of a really top um, 11 or, or even squad. I mean, I might get yeah. lynched for that. Yeah, I think it's just... Yeah. Griezmann, now that he's gone to Barcelona, is, is I wouldn't say getting found out, um, but he's no longer the big fish in the small pond. And I, I, I question his effect on that France team. Pogba, as you said, is a, is a different beast when it comes to, to France. Lloris is, you know, arguably, at least previously, one of the top five goalkeepers in the world. Varane will probably stand the test of time as being a very, very good centre-back. Whether or not he'll go down as a legend. And then you've got Benzema, had he made this team, um, at least for the World Cup win, it, it, very good player, but I, I've always questioned his status as kind of a, a legendary player. Very, very good. I just think you've yes. got to do a bit more to get... It's a bit like Cavani. A lot of people love Higuain. And there's there's certain strikers like that <laughs> that I just think, yeah, they scored a lot of goals and they had good longevity, but just, you know about the eye test. It's just mm-hmm. so... Yes, yes, yes. So I, it's it's so hard for me, but I, I still think I'm going to put this France team through because, yeah. as you said, Kante, uh, Laporte, we hadn't mentioned yet, a very, very good centre-back that could kick on and, and go go on to, to do great things. Mbappe, we've mentioned. Uh, Matuidi, I think, was at least one of these squads, a very, very good central midfielder. But yeah, there's none of the kind of... if you like Say, for example, the teams that we've mentioned, if you look back on that Brazil team, we've got Cafu, Ronaldo, Roberto Carlos, these just... A sensational players that will go down the standard test of time. I just, I, I, I wonder in 20 years how many of these France players will, will still be talking about. Yeah, and actually, it's the, this France 18 team kind of reminds me of the Italy 06 team. Yeah. Um, in that, that Italy 06 team obviously had some excellent players. Um, mm-hmm. in the team wouldn't have won the World Cup without it, but it also had some kind of slightly more kind of journeyman players, and it's. Mm. I don't think that either team will be a really kind of remembered World Cup winning side 20, 30 years in the future, if that makes sense. Now, there might be disagreement with that, but I I I think you're absolutely right. This France team has to go through. It won the World Cup and it made the Euros final. I think it's going to get washed in the next round, whoever Mm -hmm. it plays. Mm. So, yeah, France goes through, but um, by default. Two more matchups. We've got France 98 to 2000 against Netherlands (laughs) of 10 14. Uh, (laughs) Do you want to kick this one off, Doug? Yeah, this is going to be quite easy. Even the Netherlands... Look at the ne- the Netherlands teams that made the World Cup finals. Uh, World Cup final with 10 and the semi-final with 14 uh, and were dreadful with the Euros in between. Good team. Um, Robin, Van Persie. But that Netherlands team under Van Howe in 14 really punched above its weight. Mm. Um, 
obviously it smashed Spain 5-1 but never really uh, kicked on again in the remainder of the tournament and then the team in 2010 likewise kind of a functional yeah. team Nigel de Jong Nigel de Jong yeah kicking people in the heart mm. um, Van Bommel uh, Van Bommel yeah I mean a kind of a nasty team mm. um, kind of reminds me of like a, a Benitez team where it's yeah. don't give the ball away in midfield and then you've got kind of a front two or three you can maybe do some damage but it's France 98 2010 mm. Barthez yeah. Blanc Turam, Zidane Vieira Henri more so 2098 but brilliant Brilliant team. Yeah, uh, this is this is going. This team's going to go quite far, I suspect. Yeah, I just, I, I just want to. Um, yeah, the, the France teams do, but I just want to talk about your notes because because last week I did the tennis notes basically, and, and you've done these notes, and I just want to say so. This is Doug's <laughs> notes on this Netherlands 2010 2014 team, 2010 World Cup final, Euro 12 shit. 2014 <laughs> World Cup semi. So yeah, I thought I just mentioned that. That's hilarious. Oh, so, yeah. Absolutely shit in 2012. Yeah. Yeah. So apologies for my French. Ironically, they're up against the France team, but uh, <laughs> yeah, this, this isn't the kids' show. So, you know, that's yeah. France, France 98 to 2000 is going through, and then the final matchup, Doug. We've got Germany's team of 2008 to 2012 against Spain's team of 2006 to 2008. Uh, this one might be the only kind of toss-up in this in, in this round. So Germany, hang on, Germany 2008-2012. Yeah, there's about 50 Germany teams in this uh, yeah, in I bracket know. of 60. But basically, you could have done any individual year. Yeah. <laughs> 2008, so Euros final, World Cup semi-final, Euros semi-final. Mm-hmm. Ridiculously German, consistent. Um, Spain, 2006. Now, 2006 World Cup only made the last 16. Mm-hmm. Just, you know. Come on. Um, but then Euros 2008 playing a brand of football that the world hadn't really seen either before or for a long time since the kind of revolutionary teams of the Dutch. So you've got the German kind of consistency and then you've got the Spain on that one-off as much as anything Euro 2008 team. Yeah. Um, if you're doing it at, at their peak, I think it has to be the Spain team. Now, didn't you kind of uncover that this Spain team went about 463 games unbeaten in international <laughs> games between yeah, the 6 from- and 08? Yeah, beginning of 2007, I think it was, to like, yeah, end of 2010 or something something stupid like that. They didn't lose a single game, which is ridiculous. I think they lost to the US eventually, like 2 0. They did, yeah. (laughs) I think think so. Um, (laughs) We should get the US 80. So I think because of that, I mean, we talk about the Germany consistency between those four years, but actually that Spain team. Even the slightly weaker Spain team demonstrated a lot of consistency. So I'm going to pick the Spain team. I think it's got more better players. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already mentioned some, but there's also Xabi Alonso, Cesc Fabregas, Torres um, in, in both sides. So um, I'm picking the Spain team, but I don't mind if you disagree with me here because that, this Germany team is obviously very good in its own right as well. Uh, I'm, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's it's so hard because we've got to talk about um, the, the the dominant side of things and Germany unfortunately failed to win any of those major tournaments that you spoke about to get mm. final semi semi is amazing. Of course it is. Mm. And obviously Spain's 2006 world cup was not exactly sensational, but then they, they came back and as you said, playing a ridiculous style of football and you know, I, I, I can't even remember, but if you, if you mentioned Casillas was in this team, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> one of the best goalkeepers of all time. I think he won the champions league at the age of like 19. Mm-hmm. Um, which is ridiculous to play the burnabout at the age of 19 deal with that pressure um, yeah. just amazing so and obviously they won one of the major tournaments and I think Cazorla was probably on the bench 
and he he He's was amazing. About. Uh, he was somewhere kicking around, yeah. So you know, I think it may have been too early for Pedro, but yeah, I, I'm going to go Spain as well. I, I think they they deserve to go through, and, and as, as we keep saying, it is about dominance, and you you do have to win at least one of the major tournaments to get through to the next round. For me, we're on to the quarterfinals now. We've got Spain's team of 2010-2012 against Brazil's team of 98-99. Bloody hell. Um, this is a strong quarterfinal, isn't it? Mm. Um, <laughs> Spain, World Cup 2010, Euro 2012 against Brazil. Remind me again, 98-99? 98-99, yeah. So 98 World Cup final and Copa America winners in 99. Well, I think it's got to be Spain. Yeah. Because I- one there continental tournament mm-hmm. um at a time when both continental tournaments were probably were comparable i mean we yeah. said you said absolutely rightly that south american football is probably in a bit of a dip i think during the late 90s yeah there's a legitimately strong competition mm-hmm. but i think you i think there's a comparable um spain yeah. winning euro 2012 spain won the world cup 2010 and uh brazil for reasons that you've documented earlier did not win the world cup in 1998 mm-hmm. <laughs> so on that basis alone you've got to give it to spain yeah I feel that's a little harsh because the Brazil 98-99 team, as we've mentioned, was really strong. But I'm giving it to Spain. I was maybe a bit too young for this Brazil team, but that Spain team, I just vividly remember um, as being kind of this all-conquering team, which Brazil clearly wasn't. I think during this time between 2010-2012, I don't think anyone really could beat Spain. I mean, they may have done so in a one-off game, but they they were clearly the best team in the world at that time. At a time where Brazil, 98-99, probably weren't demonstrably the best. Mm. Right, yeah. I think, (laughs) as as we spoke about earlier, just the the brand of football that Spain um, were playing at that time, I think... Holland in in that World Cup final were probably the, the worst possible team that they could play just because of how physical um, mm-hmm. and, and kind of as you said nasty they were. They had skill players obviously, but you know with the likes of De Jong as well, they, they had enforcers that could just really slow the game down for Spain and, and kind of make them. Although they play a very fast style of football, make them play it a little bit faster than they wanted to. You know, you had the likes of yeah. Dirk Kout as well, and he or Kite Kout, however you pronounce it. But he was the type of player that would just work, and he would he would have been a nightmare for that Spain team because he would yeah. just run and chase and chase and chase. So, like you said, in a one-off game, yeah, maybe that Spain team was beatable. But yeah, as you said, to win the World Cup as well as the Continental Tournament, that supersedes Brazil only making a World Cup final. God, I wish we could make a World Cup final. I know. know. um, And then obviously winning their continental final. But for me, it's Spain. There are two more Brazil teams in the quarterfinals. Ah, Okay, that'll be Um, fine. That'll be fine. So I don't feel too guilty about it. But uh, yeah, Spain going through for me. Okay. Next, we've got the Germany team of 2014-2016 against the Brazil team of 94-97. Hmm. Um... I think so both World Cup winners Mm -hmm. Um, and I've said in the last round that if you win a tournament and the other team didn't then you know you've you've got to compare it that way that's not always going to be the case I Mm -hmm. I don't want to be too rigid with this so Germany then only made the Euros uh, 16 semi-final uh, whereas Brazil won the Copa America 97 am I Mm -hmm. correct so I think that by the end of this stretch 14 to 16 this Germany team was starting to decline, yeah. as evidenced by their pretty crap uh, World Cup 2018 performance. Yep. So it's interesting. So this Germany 14-16 team, which we've sent through 
against maybe the Germany 2010-12 team, which we sent out for not winning anything, mm-hmm. that would be a very good matchup because I think Germany were arguably a little bit better in 2010-12, but they came up against the Spain team. Yeah. Um, so you can have it either way. I'm going to give it to the Brazil team of 94-97 because it won the World Cup and won the Copa America yeah. and then would go on to make the World Cup final the year mm-hmm. after. Yeah. So yeah, I'm giving it to Brazil. Yeah, I think, as you said, um, the Germany team, in, in terms of you know, dominance in, in 2014, they, going into the tournament, they were the winners. Um, and then they obviously won the tournament as well. Um, but it's like you said, that was, the, that was their last chance, really. Because, as you said, their 2018, I say last chance, they got to a semi in 2016. But yeah, their 2018 performance was, was not good. I think the only thing that's caused me a little bit of a, a difficulty on this one is that we've got we've only got Germany over a two-year span uh, whereas what did they do in t- 2012 they made the semi in 2012 Euro um, semis yeah so if we were to make it a four-year span a three-year four-year span similar to Brazil 94-97 then it, it raises a different question but I think as we said if you put the likes of all of the Brazilian players that we keep mentioning over and over and over again, at least for me, and I'm going to go against my recency bias of earlier, uh, just my nostalgia bias, at least in this one, um, I'm going to pull through that Brazil team as well. Because as you said, they went, yeah, 94 World Cup winners, 95 Copa America finalists, 97 Copa America winners. And then, you know, we haven't even, because we had to get another Brazil team out, which again was amazing. <laughs> um, but we could have made this a 94 to 99 team and, and that would wipe the floor with Germany. But because we've split this Brazil team, it actually benefits Germany a little bit. So yes. I, I'm going around the houses in a way to just say Brazil's going through just because of not, this was the beginning of what they were about to achieve yep. rather than Germany kind of reaching, reaching the end. Good. Next up, we've got the amazing Brazil team 2002 to 2004 against the very, very efficient France team 2014-2018. Uh, based on how I've introduced those, those two teams, Doug, where do you think I'm going? <laughs> I couldn't call it. I think that you are leaning towards Brazil. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we, we already wrote this France team off yeah. in the previous round. So I'm happy to just kind of rubber stamp Brazil. Yeah. If you want to humour France, by all means. Yeah, as we said well, earlier, World Cup winning France. Yeah, World Cup winning France and Euro 2016 finalists. And honestly, they probably should have won that Euros. Just, I, yeah. I, I was going to say Cristiano Ronaldo dragging them through, but he, he got injured like yeah, he did. Mm. really early in that final. So, you know, but maybe that was what dragged them through. You know, mm. we've got to do it for him. But yeah, I'm... I'm uh, I'm done with this with this France team. Maybe I'm just fed up with Pogba at this point. Um, but yeah, that, <laughs> just uh, go, <laughs> just, just go, take your World Cup and, and bugger off. Uh, but yeah, that Brazil team, 2002, 2004, the players that were on that team, you've got to pull them through. Yeah, no, no more. Let no more be said, Doug. Um, Let no more be said. So see you later, France. Speaking of mustard. Um, so next we've got the better France team of 98, 2000 against the not so better Spain team of 0608 another fairly quick one Doug this is a quick one this is France 98 2000 um, we, we said loads of lovely things about the Spain 0608 mm-hmm. team you can't unless we do in the next round you can't argue with World Cup and Euro back to back yeah this France team was insane yeah. remembering so yeah France will go through Yep, easy. Okay, now we're on to the, the semis Doug and <laughs> these matchups are, are getting <laughs> a lot harder mm-hmm. 
I have a way that I'm going to go on this one. I've got Spain 2010, 2012 against Brazil 94, 97. Do you have any indication about where you're where you're heading on this one, Doug? I, I want you to go first this time because it makes it easier for me. So yeah, you go. You you can do the hard ones. <laughs> I'll do the easy ones. Brilliant. Okay, so <laughs> Scotland versus Brazil. Oh, I don't know. You can do you can do the hard one. Depends if Andy Murray's playing. Mm. So I am going to go Spain 2010, 2012. Uh, again, this kind of says that the, the Spain team that we're talking about is um, only two years and the Brazil team, we've, we've allowed them the opportunity, I guess, of three years. And the fact that they've got another team through into the into the next semi, which I'm going to let you go first on that one. That one will be hard. Um, this Spain team to win not only back-to-back World Cup and Euros, you know, if we were to make this a 2008 to 2012 team um, spanning across three tournaments, Spain won. Mm. All those yeah. three tournaments, they, they won the Euros, won the World Cup, won the Euros. And for that reason, I don't think that Brazil team was quite where it was about to get to. Uh, Ronaldo, very, very good, but still young and learning and, you know, obviously would go on to achieve what he, what he went on to achieve. But I just think that Spain team, at, at least in this 2010-2012 era especially, they they clicked, they officially found everything that they found in 2008 and, and pushed on even further to win the first World Cup from a country that doesn't really have any history of World Cup dominance like Brazil does and just all of a sudden go, we're the best team in the world. Yeah. You know, don't, even, don't even talk about it. Um, I think we have to have the Spain team into the final for me. Yeah, I really want to put the Brazil team through. I really want to, but I'm not going to. So yeah, I, I agree. I think your, your rationale is absolutely right. This is it's interesting because I keep contradicting myself between whether I suffer from recency bias or nostalgia bias, <laughs> um, but I I just don't have a kind of an affinity with the the Brazil ninety four ninety seven team. No. I think a lot of these teams are there's a certain player that resonates with what that team represents. Mm-hmm. I think for this, this Spain team, it's probably like Xavi or Iniesta, and I think for the Brazil teams later on, it might be Ronaldinho or Ronaldo. This ninety four ninety seven team, the image I get is probably Dunga. Uh, okay. defensive fielder yeah. strong and sturdy and probably the reason they brought it all together but it's the Spain team that goes through okay and uh, I'm going to let you go first on this one Doug and thank you I, I've been staring at this at the bottom of my page desperately not wanting to get to this but we have to so we've got Brazil 2002 to 2004 against France 98-2000 um, so I hope you disagree with me here Oh, God, hang on. I was, I was going to say France, but then I remember that that France team won Euro 98 with um, Givash up front, who didn't actually score a goal on the tournament, I don't think. Um, a defensive striker. World, World like, Cup 98. Yeah, World Cup 98, like yeah. Firmino. I think in some ways the France 2000 team was probably slightly better than the 98 team because it had um, Henri playing a more prevalent role. It had Perez <laughs> playing a more prevalent role. Uh, I'm going to pick France. I think the France team had more world-class players in more positions. So I'm going to try and list this from memory. This might go horrendously wrong, but the France team 98-2000 had likes of Barthes in goal, Turam in uh, right-back, Blanc centre-back, Desailly other centre-back, and he could have had Frank Leboeuf or Franck Leboeuf. Lazarazou left-back, maybe not world-class, but very good. Vieira, Petit, midfield, Henri, Viltor, Perez, Trezeguet, world-class players every single position i didn't i didn't say zidane (laughs) (laughs) the best player yeah Yeah. so i didn't say the i was saying oh teams are made of the image of one player literally zidane um i'm picking france but um 
I'm happy for you to disagree and pick Brazil. I think I think we're going to end up having to do what we did in our international uh, bracket because I think if we go position by position, that Brazil team of especially 2002, it, I, I think it gets hard. I think it, it, it gets really hard in terms of uh, where you've where you've got these players because uh, Cafu at right back, I think at least for me, better than, than Turam, as you said. And then mm-hmm. left back, Roberto Carlos, better than Liz Arazou. Um, yeah. I think the midfield, you've got Gilberto Silva, Ronaldinho uh, in there. I, their, their midfield and their kind of formation, I can't quite figure out, at least looking back on it. No, it makes um, no sense. It's just, it's just attack. Um, but then they had a very, very solid uh, defence as well. Not to mention they had like a twenty-year-old Kaka kicking about as well. Rivaldo, obviously. Uh, I'm just trying to think of Lucio. I think was was in their defence still at that point. So yeah, I don't. I, for me, I don't know. I, don't, I, th- I think. Do you know what it is? <laughs> I think because the World Cup in '98, I would have been six. Um, so as much as I've seen all these highlights and I've seen all these, um, you know, I have all these memories of, of, of the highlights, at least of that World Cup, it, it doesn't really have the same effect as it may do with you. Whereas that, that South Korea, Japan, for me, at least, that's still the best World Cup of, of my lifetime the most enjoyable, the most watchable. Mm-hmm. Um, the ball was amazing to look at. The types of players yeah. that were in that World Cup was just sensational. So I, I think maybe I am having some kind of some kind of bias here. And I think, you know, you've got Ronaldo, who is not, often not talked about enough about how good he was. And then I also tie it into what we spoke about earlier, Doug. What do you think, again, this is, we'll never know, but what do you think would have happened in that 98, 90, um, sorry, the 98 World Cup final if Ronaldo was fully fit? Do you think Brazil would have won? Um, no. Okay. I think. So, <laughs> so, maybe this is just me trying to prove my point. I don't think Brazil... But that is only because France had home advantage. Yes. So, uh, I still... Th- <laughs> I think France would have won that game with home advantage. On a neutral ground with Ronaldo playing, then I don't know. Mm-hmm. Then I don't know. So I think this is this is what it comes down to. So this Brazil team had probably a greater number of top, top, top players, and this France team had a greater number of top players. Um, so it depends what you want your dominant side to have. Um, this is going to make for great podcasting, but we might need a coin. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I haven't got one to hand. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, I've got uh, yeah. a coaster. <laughs> I, I just, do you know what? I don't know, because if, let's say, for example, I said, you know what, Doug, I'm going to side with you, and we ended up putting through this France team, I'm completely happy with the decision. But in the back of my mind, and I think you might well be the same, the same way, you've selected the France team, but I'm sure there's a part of you that's like, but how am I not going to have this Brazil team through? Um, yeah, agree. That's how, that's how I feel about this. So I, I don't want anyone listening to think that me choosing the Brazil team is completely discounting the France team at all. And at least from your side, I don't want to speak for you, but you choosing the France team, I, I, I hope no one thinks that you're discounting this, this Brazil no, team. No, not at all. But I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I've I got really a coaster don't. I can flip. <laughs> Let me, see, I don't have anything to hand. Yeah, go on. Yeah, flip the coaster. <laughs> <laughs> so you just have to trust me. So I've got... Like there's like a horse on one side. This is great 
audio by the way there's a horse <laughs> on one side i'm going to pick that as france because it's got some blue and red on it gotcha. and on the other side is just like like mdf wood i don't know didn't listen to technology so that's okay. going to be brazil so i'm going to flip it uh, and i'll let you know and you just have to trust me okay, okay. I'm, I'm flipping now oh shit brazil <laughs> <laughs> well at least you're honest Best out of three. No, let's go. We'll go Brazil. I'm, yeah. happy, I'm happy to advance them. Yeah. If it, it, I don't know. If it makes you feel any better, I have a side that I'm leaning towards in this um, in this final. That I, mm-hmm. for me, at least, I'm having this team win regardless of who they're up against. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's, let's put Brazil let's, through. Let's put Brazil through and just yeah, we'll listen to the hate mail that we receive, especially you know, yeah. <laughs> So I don't, I don't know, but I think just, it, just go before I change. Before I change yeah, my mind. Also, on this side of things, it does mean that we've got a European against a South American in the final. Um, okay, which I'm, okay, that's which not I'm, contrived I'm, at all. I'm glad to do so. Spain, 2010, 2012 against Brazil, 2002, 2004. Uh, as I've already kind of hinted at, I'm having Spain. I just think in terms of I'm having Spain <laughs> in terms of every position and just the how amazingly dominant that midfield was and how questionable i guess is the word i'd use for that brazil midfield um i think the spain defense is very very comparable if not probably better than that um brazil defense i think the goalkeeper in casillas is a lot better than dida that midfield of busquets xavi and iniesta we haven't seen a midfield like it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I wonder when the next time we'll see one like it again will be. And then it's it's the front three that, that always cause me problems. But I think Torres, um, Villa, Pedro, in, in this kind of 10, 12? Uh, c- c- certainly 12. I think they would have played, a, they would have done some false nine nonsense, to be fair. They would have played yeah. like six midfielders. They would have dotted Fabregas or Alonso in yeah. some place. So... Especially having advocated for France last round, I, I have to give this to Spain. Yeah. I just think this Spain team would beat that Brazil team. Yeah, that's I what it comes so down too. to. This Spain I team think so too, would beat it. Yeah, because I think the the midfield, and especially as we said, the the, the weird formation that I can't look, just looking at their squad, the Brazil so squad, I, I just can't make sense of it. I'm like, all right, Gilberto Silva for sure. But then if I look at Ronaldinho, I'm like, he's not a midfielder. He's an attacking midfielder, but he's. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put him in a midfield to to try to defend against Xavi or Iniesta. So I just mm. think they're so top heavy, and I just look at that that Spain defense with Ramos, Poyol, PK, and then Alba. At least in 2012, Alba certainly 12. Yeah. So let's um, you know let's let's struggled a little. Yeah. So okay. Um, yeah, probably Arbeloa somewhere <laughs> before that. Um, yeah. But um, I just think they they. Not necessarily. I don't think they would have looked at that Brazil front eleven and said, "Oh, easy job." But I just think how amazing all of those players are, are and have been for so long. PK is questionable to me, honestly, but very, very good for Spain for, for every time he's played. Um, so I just think that they would be able to limit the damage that amazing front four, five of Brazil could have done and then their midfield would have just run the show um, and their attack with the speed that they had the form that David Villa was in the form that Torres was in at least more towards 2010 that's just yeah that Spain team amazing and to go Euros World Cup it, Euros as yeah. well at a time that the Euro the European teams have, have clearly shown their dominance in the fact that 2006 European winners, 2010 European winners, 14, 18 European winners, and the only non-European finalist being in 2004 
2014 against um, Argentina against Germany, that Spain team dominated all of Europe. <laughs> for, yes, uh, and I the think world. That's for, a really good comparison. That that's a killer. And I think the way you've described the matchups. Now it's not like this Brazil team doesn't have ball players in it. Mm-hmm. Like they yeah, they be good on the ball. But that Brazil mid like yeah, you're right. That central midfield. So it would have had. Now I think in O2, I think they played three at the back with Carlos and Cafu overlapping a front three, and then whatever the hell you can do in the midfield. And yeah. then it's almost like it's it's not it's it's like a Mourinho team with flair. It's like mm-hmm. you want to be as a few numbers at the back and a front three, and that front three is just do something special and then we'll worry about how we get you the ball later. That Spain team would not get, they just wouldn't get the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, the Brazil the Spain, team. The Spain team would win. Yeah. Yes. They wouldn't yeah. get the ball off the Spain team as well. Yeah. I tried to say. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. And I just, I just wonder how, how that Brazil team themselves that like to enjoy a lot of the football, um, how they would maintain their, their heads and their composure for not having the ball for so long just yeah. because that that midfield and then you obviously had um, Poyo could control the ball very well as well as being very physical and dominant PK can obviously pass the ball I think you, you can't possibly play in that Barcelona team of that era and not be able to put, control the football Ramos is amazing Casillas is amazing so yeah I think we're, we're spending too long trying to justify what are we doing <laughs> yeah trying to justify Spain but I just I, at least for me I just know how many Brazilians I now have in my life um, yeah God that yeah, probably won't be too happy with me not giving them the overall win but um, yeah for me look if it makes them feel any better if they want if they think the Brazil teams should win they're wrong no. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> I I am not biased. I, I couldn't care less who wins. I have no Spanish or Brazilian ties. Um, no, a Hungarian team is not getting through here. So I am non-biased and I think it's Spain. And I think it's Spain relatively easy. You're comparing continental winners and World Cup winners. I get that. So, so mm-hmm. that measure is now off the table. Now you've got to go for who was a better team in that era and yep. who would win the matchup between the two teams. And in yep. both cases, it's Spain. Yeah, for me it is, yeah. For sure. In my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's just move on. <laughs> so, um, there's, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that through. Spain obviously winning um, and at least Brazil coming through to the domination bracket. I think we decided we'll end up pulling through the semi-finalists, all four semi-finalists into the domination bracket, Doug. So, yeah. France 98, 2000 and Brazil 94, 97 making it through into that final bracket. That yeah, just... I think that Brazil 94, 97 team is going to get picked off. But um, yes, I'm happy to put all four through. Okay, perfect. Next up, Doug, so the next topic before we get on to the, the winner of the Bell Endor this week, there's just I just want to talk about it um, with the Project Restart, especially for the Premier League. Obviously, this is this is their name for it. It's quite an American name, if I'm honest. Project Restart. It's that's very American. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they've, they've obviously learned from uh, the Coronavirus Task Force. So, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've heard a, a fair bit, and I, but I want to kind of lean on you a little bit here, obviously being in England and, and getting more of the news. What are the kind of the options that they're considering I, I know they've talked about points per game um, ending the season and just voiding it uh, where, where do you think it's leaning right now the, the news is there's no news really they had this yeah. big meeting on Friday where they were they, they, they were never going to decide anything at this point and I don't think they will decide anything for a while but what, the way I understand it is that nothing's off the table which I think translates as please don't make us make a decision hopefully mm-hmm. this goes away yeah. I think it's pretty clear that it's not going to it's either not going to go away or you can't um, resume 
without risking it coming back in the population at large or at least within football. As soon as one person, as soon as one player gets it Mm -hmm. in a flare up, that's it. It's over. Um, So there's been all sorts of ways mooted to how it works. Points per game seems to be getting a bit of momentum. I think they're desperate not to cancel, but I think that is driven by at worst money and at best pride. Mm -hmm. I think... France have cancelled now. France have mm-hmm. cancelled and declared PSG winners, yeah. and uh, I think have confirmed relegation. Slippery slope. Mm. The Dutch have gone the other way and they've voided it, but then they mm-hmm. had two teams at the top separated by goal difference. You could yeah. kind of write it off. Yep. Belgium have cancelled, voided, but their system relies on playoffs for. Uh, champions and relegation mm-hmm. so you could make a case for the table being final at that point mm-hmm. we have no such luxury and i think it's very kind of arrogant to say that the premier league's got different rules but it kind of does i think the <laughs> the consequences for relegation in england relative to certainly holland and probably even for france are so mm. great yeah that they have to be really careful about what they do with relegation i yeah. don't think you can do points per game that ruins the integrity mm. of the competition. Yeah, it, it could it discounts who has more home games. Who has, sorry, I'm on a rant now. Uh, who has more <laughs> home games? Who has who has quote easier fixtures remain? You can't mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can cancel it with the current positions. That is not mm-hmm. fair. Logically, what they should do, and this is what they will not do, and this is what they should not do in terms of legal precedent. What they should do is they should give Liverpool the title. Mm-hmm. They should have no relegation and you promote yeah. your top two from the championship. But they yep. can't do that because there is no legal precedent for that. Yeah. And it just leaves you with too many what ifs. Yeah. <sighs> that's, that's, that's where you asked me what the news is in England. There is no news. <laughs> uh, it's just an opportunity for me to give my opinion, yeah. um, which I have given. Yeah, I think sadly, the, the only really kind of the the two options that they have are void it um and i'm i'm saying that as a united fan i also understand that that would define and mean that we definitely have another year of europa league i don't think that we should cancel the season but as positions stand with city having their their ban still which then is unfair to sheffield um, united i think the easiest thing to do is to void and just act like this year didn't happen um, because ultimately mm-hmm. we are going through a global crisis and then so many teams will complain and everything but they're not the only team struggling with this and I but but then the only thing that stops me with that is again as a United fan I still highly believe that Liverpool should be given the title um, yes there's no way that they'll throw that away Gerard's not playing so he can't slip um, mm. so it would be yeah, so unfair to not give them the title after the, how, how much they've dominated at least English football and I think as you said Doug I think what we're seeing is the fact that the French League the Dutch League and the Belgian League teams that, that sorry leagues that have representation within the Champions League but ultimately not too many winners and finalists and whatnot recently um, have made their decisions whereas the teams like La Liga Premier League and Bundesliga are taking their time because at least over the last 10, 15 years, those teams have strongly represented quarterfinals, semifinals and finals. Um, England having a little bit of a dip and the Premier League having a bit of a dip uh, for a while. But those are the teams that mostly are going to make up 
the the Champions League quarters. Obviously, there will be some some outliers in there, Ajax of last year, for example. But um, that's why I think they're taking longer to make these decisions. Um, but I think, as you said, yeah, have no relegation. The top two teams from the Championship come up and just give Liverpool the title. Because if nothing else, Doug, and I'm saying this just just off the cuff as United fans, Liverpool will then say, right, well, we're on 19. Um, and then it will always give us the comeback of, mm, are you? Asterisk. Um, yeah, exactly. They're, they're always going to have that asterisk against this title, which I just, I almost think would be funnier because then if we, <laughs> if we void it and they cancel it and they don't win it, they'll just moan about it forever, forever. Yeah. Um, so I'd rather give it to them and then give us some ammunition to say, hmm, but did you? And yes, they'll come back and say, oh, but you're in the Europa League. Fine, fine. I don't, I, yeah. You know so, what? I don't, I, I don't, I don't really care anymore. Yeah, I mean, a yeah. few months ago, the idea of Liverpool winning the league was unpalatable. I was just mm-hmm. like, hey, I want anything to happen. Obviously, not thinking that anything could happen. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I, uh, oh, yeah, now, I just want legally, the world to go back to normal. Yes. Like, you could, <laughs> I wonder if there's... A, not to the same extent, but I wonder if there's a dimming of enthusiasm amongst Liverpool fans mm-hmm. about them being given the title. Now, A, they won't want it that way, but that's the right thing to do. And just as I've started to go, oh, you know what, I don't care if Liverpool win the league. I don't care about any of this. This, this, isn't, this isn't important. I wonder if there's a psychology shift amongst Liverpool fans going, look, I, I'm desperate for us to win the title. But in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so... That might force a decision, that kind of general apathy about who cares. But that's going to come from fans. Ultimately, what do you do financially? They're desperate for it to continue at some point, but you can't write off next season. You can't write off next season's Champions League. Mm-hmm. You have to call it at some point. I think yeah. they've, got a bit, they've still got a bit of time. They've got two or three more weeks to see what happens. Mm. But in two or three weeks, they have to make a decision. Yeah. And we haven't even touched on the contracts point of view. Yeah, um, yeah. God knows how that works out. Yeah. This, yeah, as if as if that doesn't matter. It does matter because mm. you can't have certain teams with different um, rosters than they had part of the season. Now you could argue about the January transfer window, but that's a predefined yeah, exactly. window yeah, to change the same, registration. Yeah. 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 So that's going to become a, become a point, and you and you can't say, oh, why don't we just extend contracts by a month? Because of contract law, you can't just arbitrarily go, no, no, you have to play for us for another month. These players, I think, a lot of them will stay out of a sense of integrity, but a lot of them are within their rights to go, piss off, I signed a contract, I've yeah. let it run down, I want to go. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They've, they've got they've got three weeks to kind of procrastinate, see what the issues are, and in three weeks they've got to make a decision one way or the other. And you know what? Yeah. Whatever they decide. I'll be on board with. I yeah. don't care. Yeah. yeah, let's just get the world right again and, and football can take a, a backseat ultimately. So, yeah, I think that was a <laughs> solid rant from both of us and ultimately <laughs> just pretty good. Yeah. Ultimately just having no clue what's going to happen but just wanting the world to go back to normal. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the takeaway really. So, and as you said, there's not really any news. It's just us banging on. So, Let's let's get on to to the fun part and the the, the thing that we yeah. enjoy, um, which is the the winner of the Bellendor this week. Obviously, last week we had Tom Brady. I, th- I think our award went to the wrong house, Doug, but because um, I haven't <laughs> I haven't seen him post about it on uh, on huh. his social media. Yeah, so you know maybe it went to the wrong house. So this week had a little struggle 
um, I think, because um, we're, we're, we're going back a bit in terms of, you know, oh, people flouting lockdown and da 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 uh, which is getting a bit tired now. And no one's done anything as, as, yeah, as funny as Tom Brady, for example. But um, you, you've come across one, haven't you, Doug? The best centre-back in the world from, from two mm. years ago. You know, so get get your mm. your minds racing, people, about who you think that could be. Ramos, Ramos. <laughs> yeah, no, it's none of those. Who who is it? No, it, it is Dayan Lovren. Oh, um, what a player! Now, <laughs> um, okay, how do I how do I do this? So, depending on how many listeners we get, I am aware that at least one statistically one will believe this crap that Dayan Lovren has said. But mm-hmm. in the last few days, is He's, he's said a lot of things, really. He's he's come out in kind of support of David Icke, mm-hmm. noted uh, conspiracy theorist, talking about this whole talking about coronavirus as as if it's a being overplayed, b is a kind of a vehicle to force this vaccine, Bill Gates's vaccine, upon people, mm. uh, and c he's 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 suggested that there is a link between coronavirus and five G. And this is a fun show, and this is the fun part of this show, <laughs> but it makes me furious that someone in that position will spout this absolute nonsense. And mm. he's easy Bellendor winner. He's probably mm. Bellendor winner for the rest of the pandemic. <laughs> um, just keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Like, uh, there is no link between 5G and coronavirus. Yeah. Otherwise, there'd be a link between 4G and coronavirus, surely. Yeah. Um, or at least some kind of link, yeah. Yeah, and to I be just... honest, it's the, it's the same as kind of anti-vaxxers, and it's the same, it's probably not quite as bad, but it's very similar to flat earthers, who I think are doing it, are either doing it because they're really stupid <laughs> or because they're very clever and trying to say whatever gets them the most int- attention. Now, seeing as Dehan Lovren once said that he is one of the best centre-backs in the world, I am inclined to think that it is the latter. Because mm-hmm. um, he comes across quite an intelligent guy. But yeah, this misinformation, conspiracy theorist spreading nonsense um, makes him a worthy winner of this week's mm-hmm. awards. Um, I'm yeah. happy for you to add whatever you want because um, I'm feeling angry now. Yeah. Um, let's keep going. Yeah, calm down a bit. Just calm down. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I'm probably not, not as furious about it. I don't know. It's one of those things that... Um, yeah, I don't see any links between it personally, and, and ultimately, I'm, I'm not a radiation specialist. I'm not a respiratory disease specialist, but the links that they're that they're spouting, I just don't see any legitimacy to them. And I think you know, there's 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 room for conspiracy theories in the world. And I think you, yes, you've, you've that's always a very got to, good point. Yeah, you've yes. always got to question the establishment because you you know you don't just want to be um you know puppets and things. But um, I just think. We, at least from what I've seen, very little significant evidence to create a tie between these two. And I think there's, there's part of it, people are saying, oh, well, they're just doing this so they can actually build their masts. And then other people are saying, oh, well, the disease is not caused by anything other than, you know, 5G. It's just, it's all 5G, 5G, 5G. But just the questionable thing for me is that at least a few months ago, I read a, an article, I can't think of where, and that's probably my fault, but um, I read an article that, the US at least are saying that they've got 5G when they don't yeah. actually have 5G just to be just to say that they've got 5G um, again I'm not a, a radiation and network specialist or anything like that I'm just kind of basing it on the sources that I read and I'm just I'm not seeing enough evidence to, to, to fully tie these two together now 
Lovren and other people are entitled to their opinions as much as I think they're wrong and you clearly think they're wrong. Um, but I just, I think, yeah, the, the thing that annoys me about this is, is what you touched on. A person in his position with the limited understanding as I have limited understanding to back something so controversial is irresponsible of him and, and therefore worthy of winning the bell end door. I just think, keep your mouth shut. People are even questioning Bill Gates's um, legitimacy in, in the world of vaccines. Now, Yes, Bill, Bill Gates come from, comes from um, computers and everything, but I think someone with the IQ of the size of his, um, and I'm, I think I read that he does have a background somewhere in, in biology, um, and he has been linked to, to other vaccines around the world, and, and at least, if nothing else, is a philanthropist. So he's in a more legitimate standing to talk about vaccines, but a lot of people are questioning his legitimacy about vaccines, but they'll listen to David Icke and they'll listen to Lovren about 5G. So mm. without, without getting too serious and, and whatnot, because this is, you know, meant to be fun and everything. Yes. But I just think... Sorry, um, I've ruined this. Yeah, no, but I just think in the same way that we we got up um, the, the Tottenham players and the Arsenal players and, and Grealish and whatever for going out and, and flouting the lockdown rules as much as you may disagree or, or agree with them if you're in a position of power which Lovren still kind of is and you know you have some kind of social media following and everything you have a duty to err on the side of caution and sit on the fence for a little bit longer and I say this for, for both sides of the spectrum I think there are some celebrities that get involved in things that they don't need to get involved yeah, with as much as I yes. agree with them I also think oh, you, you don't really know what you're talking about yeah. um, and I think it, I, I have to look at it both ways in terms of Lovren saying this so yeah a, a long-winded way of saying that he's the winner this week and I just think what, what my takeaway from this is agree with him, don't agree with him. I don't personally think that he should be saying these things. He's a football player that at this moment in his career should be focusing on getting back into that Liverpool team that has completely pied him off. Um, <laughs> so, and for that reason alone, he's a bellend. He's just, like you said, desperately trying to get back in the news. Yeah, and I think ironically, by sacking off that Brazil team and by dismissing 5G conspiracy theories, I think we have flattened the curve of our own listenership. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let you know so, how episode six does, goes. Yeah, we've, we've, we've finally done it. You said episode five, that was, that was when it broke. Yeah, um, but, um, but yeah, yeah, I think... I've got yeah. a position of power now. Yeah, well, you know, I, I have my conspiracy theories that I'm not going to mention, but, you know, believe yeah, that's me. the thing, you don't. <laughs> Yeah, no, well, I, you know, I, there are some that I believe in um, based on some evidence that I've seen and whatnot that I, I'm not going to bring up because they're quite contentious yeah, issues. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I'm doing what Lovren should have done. I'm staying quiet. But mm. believe me, people that believe this and whatever, you're entitled to believe it based on the evidence that you've seen. From my side, I haven't seen enough evidence because I also have some other conspiracy theories that I believe in. For example, how, how did Ronaldo come to be injured or ill? Or whatever oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, I held my breath there. Yeah. So, <laughs> For example, what? Yeah. What are you going to say? You, you can question those things. That's fine. Question it. But uh, yeah, I just think Lovren should, should have stayed quiet on this one. And, and for that reason, more than any other, he's, he's the Bell Endor winner this week. Well done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well done, pal. So, uh, yeah, well, um, we'll, we'll get on to episode six. Um, at this point, we're still going to maintain our, our average, our average listenership. Um, yeah. We're to see a spike yeah. downwards. Yeah. Please come back. I promise we'll talk about football again. Yeah. Anything else to add before we go, Doug? 
No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Nothing to add. That was, re- that was really fun and I'm ruined it for having an opinion. Yeah, but, you know, opinions are opinions and, uh, you know, people will agree with us and they'll keep listening and people won't agree with us and they'll probably stop or they'll get to the <laughs> bell and door point or they'll get to the bell and door point of every episode and just like, oh, that's enough of that. And uh, yeah, that's enough. We'll, we'll continue. So, yeah, without further ado, that's, that's goodbye from me. And that's goodbye from me. <laughs> you stay classy, San Diego.